Welcome to the One Thing Global Leadership Summit podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel Lim, your host. Today, we will be examining how 24-7 prayer canopy release power for those who work and minister under the canopy. We are privileged to have David Bradshaw, based in Virginia, USA, joining us today on this podcast on the power of unceasing prayer and intercession. David has been the director and the founder of the Fredericksburg House of Prayer for many years now. And for the last three years, the Holy Spirit has placed this burden in the heart of David Bradshaw to launch a movement named Awaken the Dawn, where over 1,600 uh, worshippers and worship, that form worship team from 50 states kept 24-7 going and uh, impact America. So David, thank you for spending this time with us on the One Thing Global Leadership Summit podcast. We want our audience to really glean from your heart about the importance and the power of 24-7 prayer and how we can minister under that canopy. Maybe you can share with us your personal journey, how you got captivated, how the Lord locked you into this mandate. Yeah, thank, well, thank you for having me. It's my joy and honor to be here. And um, so grateful for you guys and just your leadership in day and night prayer. Certainly wouldn't be doing uh, what we're doing without it. So, you know, we, I think our journey began uh, years before we went to the National Mall. That was in 2017. Before that, as you mentioned, we had a house of prayer here in Virginia and we stumbled in to day and night prayer. We did a three day, 24 hour prayer event. And, you know, we had been exposed a little bit to the movement, but that those three days, this was back in 2001, completely revolutionized our understanding of the kingdom of God, of really not just not just the outward ex externals of prayer, but the why behind the what the the dynamics of how God is sovereignly uh, set up his kingdom to function through day and night prayer and worship on the earth. And then we went on a 10 year journey of just exploring that in the scriptures, getting understanding. And so, you know, today for me, looking Genesis to Revelation, I see that, you know, God has invited the church to be a house of prayer and that that is not just something that we do, but it's actually who we are and how we set up the kingdom to operate. So we did day and night prayer for, you know, uh, it was in different phases, 24 hours a day, sometimes 10, 12 hours a day. And we rotated different amounts, but, but for about 10 years. And so that journey launched us into what is now Awaken the Dawn. We saw during that period of time, uh, God begin to, to work around us in ways, you know, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah chapter 30 which speaks, it's a, that, that really amazing passage on prayer where the Lord says, even before you lift your voice to me, you know, as you were, as soon as you lift your voice to me, I, I heard you and I answered you. And then he says, and your eyes will see your teacher and you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. And what we found is that in the context of a culture of day and night prayer and worship, God begins to move around us in ways that we could never produce and his voice begins to be activated in our midst in very unique ways. And so the journey for us to the National Mall was 
uh, very much that kind of a story. God sovereignly broke into our little world here in Virginia as we were crying out day and night with a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. And uh, it was a dramatic process. I'm convinced that God has prophesied biblically that day and night prayer and worship is going to cover the earth. You know, Malachi 1.11 says it, you know, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, you know, incense in every place, incense will rise to his name. And so what we experienced was that on a very significant personal level that led to a national um, context. And so, you know, in the middle of this culture for about five years of day and night prayer and worship, God began to give us dreams, very personal dreams. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always cautious when you start making life decisions based on dreams. For me, I look back on my life and I go, there were two, thus says the Lord that I know that I know that I know were in my life, both of which were in response to seasons of extended fasting and prayer. And one of them was to plant the house of prayer here in Virginia. And the other one was to go to the national mall and launch worship in prayer um, across, across the nation. And so our journey was really seeking God with all of our hearts. And then in the midst of that, God set things into motion that we could have never fabricated. And it was it was the kind of scenario where multiple people were having the same dream, you know, and the Lord would speak it. And then a prophetic friend would call and quote word for word the dream that we just had. Wow. And uh, five or six or ten uh, of these type of events began to happen in a very short period of time, even to the point of talking to our, our mutual friend, Lou Engel, and saying, you know, God's speaking to us about gathering the nation in worship and prayer on the East Coast. And and he said, you know, your next step is to talk to this individual, his friend Chris. And 30 minutes later, I'm in the airport standing in line for my flight. And I look up and standing in front of me is Chris, the man he just said, your next step is to talk to this man. And we're in, in, in two separate sit from two separate cities on the same flight. He's in front of me. And there were so many events around this process that were absolutely sovereign and supernatural. But in my heart and mind, there's no question. It was the seasons of prayer and fasting in the spirit of Isaiah 30 that produced a divine storyline that has replicated worship and prayer now across the nation. So by the time we got to the National Mall, it was so clear. It was one of the few, thus says the Lord's in my life. And we ended up with 1,600 worship teams. It was about 50,000 people, but 1,600 worship teams from all 50 states. And for three days, we had 58 tents on the National Mall, 24-hour prayer and worship in all 50, all 58 uh, tents. And what we began to see happen was remarkable in the city. The, the Capitol Police in Washington, D.C. came to us right in the middle of this, and they said that there's a buzz going around Washington, D.C. because the crime had dropped so dramatically in the city while all this was going on, they had no reasonable explanation for it. And this guy as a believer was connecting it to 50,000 people gathering to priests before God day and night in worship and intercession. While it was going on, top governmental officials were surrendering their life to Christ. I mean, I'm talking about, we have video footage of top government officials in our nation while 1,600 worship teams were in the center of our nation singing and praying 24 hours a day. Top government officials got saved. They washed each other's feet across party lines. The crime dropped in Washington, D.C. 
John 17, 21 unity where began to be expressed where different denominations and streams and movements were, were discovering one another in the presence of God. Many of those relationships continue to this day. In fact, California, for example, brought 30 worship teams to the National Mall from California to run their tent. That turned into 250 worship teams from up and down California that now meet on a regular basis and are planning day and night prayer and worship initiatives all over California. And so they found one another as family in the spirit of John 17 unity as well in this place. So for me, it was it was a dramatic. That is testimony. the power of the canopy of 24-7 prayer. You just describe it. It multifaceted. Washington, D.C. was impacted. Our government was impacted. The body of Christ was impacted. And the amazing thing about it is everybody has a voice in this process. It wasn't just, you know, the the handful of, of well-known uh, intercessors or speakers or charismatic leaders. It was it was 50,000 people lifting their voice in concert to God 24 hours a day that literally changed the very atmosphere of our nation's capital. So that was step one. The next step for us was, was um, God began to speak to us and stir us to do the same thing in state capitals, all 50 state capitals. And, and university campuses. So the next year we did a 50 hour, a 50 hour day and night prayer worship vigil in all 50 state capitals and in uh, 101 universities at the same time, the same 50 hours. And again, we saw the same thing. I've, we have story after story, testimony after testimony of students on a campus walking by a tent where singers and musicians were ministering to the Lord day and night. And, and they just began to weep under conviction of sin, atheists, you know, uh, various other various backgrounds. One testimony was a, a Jewish young man who was an unbeliever, not a follower of, of the Jewish Messiah yet, and just walked past the tent and suddenly just began to weep uncontrollably, didn't even know what was happening to him. The guys walk out and talk to him. He surrenders his life on the spot to Jesus, becomes a, 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 a follower of Jesus, the Messiah, and so, so many stories like this have emerged um, of God's authority being executed in the context of day and night prayer. And so I, I personally am convinced biblically and historically and now experientially that this is God's way. And, and you know, we don't get to vote in a way God has sovereignly decided that he is going to execute his will through sustained prayer movements, through day and night prayer movements. In, all over the earth. And I, I think Awaken the Dawn is just a microcosm of that, one small part of that, but we've witnessed it now with our own eyes. Cities being touched, government officials being saved, the atmosphere changing, crime rates dropping, and then 1,600 worship teams. I call them, I call them the Davids in the field. So many of them you know, are worship teams and small churches and little houses of prayer. They feel hidden. Nobody knows their name, and they come together and build this canopy of, of worship and prayer, and it changes the nation and changes our nation's capital. And it gives all of them, all the Davids in the field, are finding their voice in this symphony of worship and prayer that Jesus is orchestrating, and that's the fun part. This is all his battle plan. It's his blueprint, and we just get to keep saying yes to him. So, Amen, David. I, when I hear you speak, I just hear a David. Speaking, I know your name, David, but you know, this is so clear 
the priestly anointing, the anointing of the king, and you were prophesying. And, uh, you know, I, I just so appreciate you uh, sharing with our audience this amazing, tangible manifestation of the power of God because of the canopy of 24-7 prayer. Even yeah. for those who are not involved directly with the event, they became the beneficiary of the canopy of 24-7 prayer, like the police force in Washington, D.C., like the government official who were doing legislation and, and facing a lot of challenge. They were not directly participating in the event, but the canopy of 24-7 prayer. I am sure if I give you two hours, you will give me non-stop testimony. Yes. Uh, you know, I hope someday you will put it all in a book. The story yeah. of the power of 24-7 prayer. Yeah. When the timing is right, that the Lord will give you this opportunity. I also know you have big plans for 2019-2020. And afterwards, I'll loop back so that we can get that in front of our audience so that they can join your heart and your team in terms of what God is doing. Let yeah. me just recap, David. 2013, when we started the Leadership Summit, one of the, the dream and our faith uh, prayer is that every single state in America, all 50 states, will have the covering of 24-7 prayer. Yes. But we didn't have a deliberate strategy. We just pray. We came together. We said, Lord, Lord, before seven years finishes, the first seven years from 2013 to 2020, Lord, we want to see 24-7 in every tongue and tribe, but at least the 50 states in America has solid immersion of 24-7 prayer. And right in the middle of that seven years, around 2017, we saw the Lord raising you up, raising you and your team up to begin to stir this from the state to Washington, D.C., from Washington, D.C. to all the 50 states. It's like mm -hmm. a poetry. It's so beautiful. You know, it's like the, the flower with a, with a lot of uh, pollen in the middle when they come together, very potent, very concentrated, and then the petal just expresses itself in all the 50 states, just blossoming. Mm. And I know that you're still in the middle of your journey. So, so David, at this point of time, maybe share with our audience here, some of them saying, I've heard about this. I want to continue the journey. And some say, I want to jump into this, okay? And uh, where... How do I start? How do I get involved with a movement like Awaken the Dawn so that I'm part of this story of 24-7 prayer canopy in America? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to share that. We, we uh, are looking now toward the next phase of just serving uh, what God is already doing in many ways in, in communities around the nation. And, you know, we feel that these tents are, are like a, a bit of a silver bullet that the Lord has given us. They they facilitate John 17, where we're coming together, because it's outside of one church. And number two, it it actually allows for an expression of day and night prayer and worship, but it's also in public. So it engages our cities and our regions. And so our heart's desire is to serve, to see this movement go to the next level. We believe God wants to disciple America in hosting the presence of God in the culture of day and night worship and prayer. And so in 2019, October 17 through 19, we're going to do Tent America again, like we did with the state capitals last year. We're expanding it this year to allow people to not only do state capitals, um, but also university campuses and, and cities. So 
numbers of places are signing up. They're going, you know, we were stirred for our city as well in our region to host a a unified expression of day and night. Where do they find the information to join this amazing movement that God has birthed in such a time like this? Yeah, if you get on our website, which is awakenthedawn.org, awakenthedawn.org, you can click on there and just click Tent America 2019. And it'll give you a couple options. You can sign up for info on city tents or campus tents. And if you want to host one, or if you just want to find out information about how you can host one, um, or be a part of one. Right now, we're collecting the data. We'll we'll end up posting on our website where all the tents are as we begin to get closer to the event. But if you would like to host one in your city or on your campus, um, you know you can sign up right there, and we'll give you information. We'll help you practically do it. Give you some pointers. Give you some values and some Bible to help fuel the fire and uh, really help hold your hand through how to do it. So the best thing to do is just get on the website, read a little more info, and you can sign up right there. Well, we still have a few months out before the event. I want to encourage our audience not only to personally consider be part of this amazing story of God, the Holy Spirit is writing in our generation, but to spread the word to get the word out to the worship team that you know of, to the campus leader that you know of. We need America in action together to establish a canopy of unceasing prayer and worship. And our dream together, David, if I may say, is that this is sustained throughout the year. It's yes. not just a... The event is catalytic. It's a catalyst to provoke something. One day when you're no longer doing the event the thing will still be going on. In yes. fact, the, the event will never stop because it happens every day. Yes. That's our dream together. I know that. I don't even have to ask you. We have this common dream together. Yes. But I also, I also heard that you have something that you're preparing in the early of 2020 and uh, that you're trying to have a convergence of people together. Would you share with us what, is, what the Lord has put in your heart? Yeah, you know, we're, we're dreaming about 2020 as well. And so in 19, we'll be in, in cities and campuses. In 20, there's, God is doing so much right now in our nation. I, I, I believe 2020 is going to be a very significant year for America. Prayer events are exploding everywhere. Right now, we're actually in discussions about collaborative, collaborative moments of day and night prayer. We're praying about going back to the National Mall. We're looking towards... Um, some of these very significant moments that I think could be game changers for our nation. And so some of that we're still landing the details on right now. But I, I, I believe that 2020 is going to be a very, very significant year. I mean, so much is going on. And um, well, and so 2020 I, is our country election year again, a very key year where, um, you know, many uh, leaders will be uh, put in office. So yes. we need to be uh, vigilant in prayer. David, would, if there is a young leader or worship team leader that is not so informed about what the Lord is doing in and through your group, uh, what would you advise them as the initial step to do what you do in the same spirit of what you do in their own city, in their own town, in their yeah. own campus? And what are the baby steps you would talk to a young leader yeah. or even somebody who is hidden and not really connected? Yes. I mean, I think, you know, join us for Tent America. <laughs> but in addition to that, you know. Well, what, I, if, I, what if they have budgetary issue and they say, we can't make it this year. You know, we want to come, but we want to do where we're at. You know what? Take baby steps because we're part yes. of this big picture. 
Yeah, you know, I really think that's the great part about priestly ministry, which is at its core is drawing near to the Lord in worship and prayer. And it is who we are. I mean, God has made us a kingdom of priests, you know, and, and I think that identity as a priesthood, it's the big Bible word for the access that we have directly to God through worship and prayer and intimacy and an intercession where he hears our voices and can change cities. You know, I was thinking as you were talking, I remember we, we started doing 24 hour prayer events in our city that were sometimes three days at a time, five days at a time. We did different numbers as a starting point. And, uh, and we didn't have uh, a whole bunch of intercessory missionaries and full-time staff. And we had, it was just a handful of us that gathered in a little room in our downtown and made a schedule and prayed and sang. And sometimes it's one person in a room at a time in our little environment, but we would do it for three days or five days. And, and the things that God began to do during those early days were so remarkable. It, it hooked us for life. And, and so my encouragement would be start where you are. You can do it now. Your youth group, your campus group, your local church, your region can come together in these expressions of day and night prayer and worship. You may not have full worship teams, you know, for, for these 24 hour periods of time, but you can do one person at a time and then have a few, a few meetings where there's full worship teams. And, and, but, you know, it will, it will release speedy justice in your Amen. city. And I, I remember as an example, and you're right, we could tell both of us could probably tell stories for a long time. But I remember one testimony, this, these young, a handful, probably three or four young 18, 19 year olds were doing these occasionally 24 hour prayer events. And they got so gripped. I remember one night they were up and it was three o'clock in the morning and they're doing a night watch and there's only four or five of them. And they didn't even have a worship leader. They put a CD on. I mean, it was, it was just the simplest thing you can imagine. And they're crying out. One of them has this impression from the Lord, just like an internal vision that she saw this lightning bolt come down and it just stayed in our, in our town here in Virginia. This was many years ago. And they, so they all prayed, Lord, send your word into our town and let it permanently impact our, that's how they interpreted the vision. And they're praying, let it permanent. And, and as they're praying it, lightning actually strikes the building for real. Woo! And they're in the middle of this prayer and it strikes the power and it puts a hole in this church building ceiling right above the pulpit. One week later, Alan Hood came to preach the house of prayer to us for the first time. And he stood under this hole in the ceiling that the girl from the lightning bolt, the girls prayed in and the rainwater was dripping down into the bucket because of the hole. And he released the invitation to day and night prayer to our, our area for the first time. And those girls at three o'clock in the morning, with like four of them in a room and they didn't even have a worship leader, in my opinion, prayed through that word that ended up birthing a house of prayer. So, Whoa, that is holy. In a room, no worship leader at the time, just CDs and their hearts were fully engaged. They spent the night before the Lord and, and we all fasted and prayed together and God did the impossible. He changed our lives. He changed our city. And I would encourage you, take a step where you are. Take the leap you know, of faith. Just do it. Just do it. You don't have to be sophisticated enough. You, you know, find a few musicians, build out a schedule, find a space and watch. Just watch what the Lord will do. One of those young girls, she got saved in the 24-hour prayer room, our very first ever 24-hour prayer event. She walks Amen. in the room off the streets, 
unbeliever, falls on her face, gives her life to Jesus, and is now a missionary in the nations. And Amen. So anybody can do it. Amen. And David, you know, I don't want our audience to lose this. I'd like you to pray over our audience right now. Because of time, we have to wrap it up. And yes. we will want you back again with Cheryl Allen from California and two of you talking about how prayer foster unity together. You already talked about that a lot just now, but like you and Cheryl together talking about that in our coming podcast. Would you pray over our audience that yes. this will be new normal in America, the culture of prayer? Amen. Lord, we do. We pray that the culture of prayer would be the new normal. And God, we know this is your will. Father, you have said, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. Lord, you are ever living to make intercession, Jesus, at the right hand of the Father right now. And so, God, we pray, Lord, I pray those listening, I pray you give them courage to step out in their environment, in their church, in their community, in their campus ministry. Give them courage to dream the dream of God and to pray the prayers of God and to to step out maybe in ways that they've never stepped out before. I pray for prayer meetings, for burns, for day and night worship expressions all over America, even from this podcast. Lord, we just ask you to stir the hearts of men and women with the zeal of the Lord for your house, God. In Jesus' name, thank you Amen. for it. Don't Amen. forget to visit 10america.com. Awakenthedawn.org. Awakenthedawn.org. <laughs> Yes, and join the movement. This is what the Lord Amen. is doing. Thank you, David, for Amen. this podcast. We'll have you back again for the, the podcast on fostering unity through prayer. Amen. Amen.